1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses
0: are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now, get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com expires april 30th one-time use only not valid with other discounts remember visit fivehourenergy.com and use code 5 hetravel to save 20 percent nile lives on a hill a very steep hill which is great for the calf muscles but when it comes to squeezing in and out of that parking space between the neighbor's pride and joy nile begins to worry i wonder if they use recycled plastic to make all the recycling bins In the new Dacia Duster with automatic gearbox and hill start assist, at least hills are nothing to worry about, and from only €45 per week on the road, nor is the price. Visit the Dacia sales event from the 18th to the 20th of November. Don't worry, be Duster. Offer made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. See Dacia.ie.
1: Now then. It's the bloodandmud.com podcast. The pod that plays the piano of rugby each week and every time I don't like Mondays by the boomtown rats comes out.
2: <laughs> it's I never, am it's never an excuse for Geldof, all
1: right? That, that was a good song. Wow. Before you before he became he got that fucking messiah complex. That was a good song that. Anyway, I am Lee Calvert of bloodandmud.com and he is
2: I remain Josh Gardner or Rugby
1: If you want to get in touch with me on this lovely podcast, you can get me at Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and And how do people get hold of you, Josh?
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby or uh, indeed at uh, Rugby I suppose.
1: All of those things, all of them. Yeah. What do we think about the Ospreys Away kit, by the way? Love it. The blue, blue. With the white arms.
2: Yeah, I like yeah. it. Dig it. Right. Baseball shirty. Yeah, not yeah. not so keen on the new Italy uh, change shirt, which appears to have what has only been described just today by my good friend Chris Slowly as a stripper collar.
1: What's a stripper collar? I can't <laughs> picture what that is. You
2: know, like Chippendales, where the little wing tips with the bow tie. Oh yeah, yeah. They've effectively they oh, stuck they stuck, stuck that on a rugby shirt. Yeah, the last looks...
1: Lions top had that?
2: But not not like this. Not as pronounced. It's, no, this has got proper. Pointy bits. It's it's genuinely begging for a bow tie and it looks absurd.
1: It'd probably look better with a bow tie. I think you've tapped there. Look, Yeah,
2: they, Maybe they're trying to sort of channel that wrestling 92 wearing pink bow ties because they're so fucking weird thing.
1: I don't know. Well, this podcast and all of our chat is available on ACAST, as you know. It's also available on Apple Podcasts and we have. The portraying account, thanks to each and every one of you out there who have paid some child support to the sarcastic know-it-all teenager that is this podcast. <laughs> um, for your trouble, we last week had a lovely chat with Jason Tovey in A Rugby Life. Hope you enjoyed that. There'll be another history pod soon. And you can, if you want to get involved with the portraying and get this extra stuff, you can sign up at patreon.com slash bloodandmud, and it will cost you basically fuck all to, to get a little bit of extra <laughs> stuff.
2: Yeah, a sort of amount of money that... Almost certainly you won't notice.
1: There's probably about five times as much down the back of your sofa. Yeah.
2: Although people do people even carry cash anymore. I, no, I was just
1: thinking that. How much stuff gets dropped down the back of a sofa the other day?
2: <laughs> I've had a fiver in my wallet since January that I just haven't had any cause to spend.
1: My kids are 16 and 14. And yeah. I, I, me and my wife went out on Friday night to a meal. And uh, this, is, this is linked to the under the sofa thing. And my son went out to play football, and my 14-year-old daughter was in on her own for a couple of hours. And we didn't know how this has got here. But basically, she kind of moved on the sofa. And do you know, from any people out there who have got children will know, upsy-daisy from In the Night Garden? You won't, because you haven't got kids. No. Mm. Well, basically, she moved... And this Upsy Daisy toy was somehow under the sofa cushion for God knows how long it's been there, and it went
0: Upsy Daisy, Upsy oh, Daisy
1: And then a voice went, Hello, Upsy Daisy. And she absolutely shat herself not, I as I would have even, done if I was in on my own.
2: That is like some child's play shit. That's
1: some fucking poltergeist <laughs> shit going on right there, isn't it? <laughs> she held it together very well, apparently. Fair, so.
2: fair play. I'm not sure I would have.
1: Anyway, so yeah, that's a patron. Sorry about that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right, before, more stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before we start then, let's get into, as we normally start with, is a player spotted. Uh, regular listener, critical friend and all-round good man, Graeme Gulvin has been on the DMs. Mm-hmm. He says, I was working in Bristol earlier on in the week. And this was, I think, last week. He said, and on my return journey, arriving at Edinburgh Airport from a Dublin flight was, a recently, was the recently paddled Edinburgh squad. <laughs> Richard Cockrell oh. and his entire support staff, had they not just had their arseholes ruined by Leicester, I might have tried to spark up some banter, but they really didn't look like they were in the mood.
2: <laughs> I don't think many people are particularly in Does the Does Cocker's ever come- look like
1: he's in the mood? No. For a bit of a, a bit of small talk.
2: I don't think he's ever small-talked in his life, has he? All of his talk is very big and gruff. <laughs> yes,
1: on straight. What's of straight yes, talk, a of no straight small talk. talk. None at all. And another player spotted, Anonymous D DMs, mm-hmm. and he says, player spotted, Tyg Byrne getting off the green bus in Nace and then waiting for a taxi out to Eadstown. That is some specific local is, I public mean, transport stuff going on there. Absolutely
2: isn't there. nothing to me.
1: I know where uh, Nace I'm, is. I don't know where e, I don't know where Eadstown is.
2: I assume it's as mundane as it sounds. It is. I hope so. Anyway.
1: Yes. So yeah, if you if you spot any players out and about, please let us know at Blood and Mud or leahbloodandmud <laughs> Do you know what?
2: you know what? I didn't get a single. I stayed. I spent two weeks last week staying at the uh, the the rather nice Vale Resort uh, mm. in the Vale of Llangollen, where, uh, as everyone will know, Cardiff Blues and Wales have their uh, their training bases. Did I see one player in any kind of mundane situation? No, I did not. Not a single one. <laughs> I saw the entire Valencia, uh, Villarreal youth team for some reason. But, How did uh, you know
1: it was Villarreal youth team? Because you? they
2: were because they were at twelve, uh, and they were all wearing Villarreal, and there was about twenty of the fucking guys, all all at breakfast. How just bizarre! sitting there eating fruit and coffee. Autumn while training fucking... in
1: Wales for the Villarreal squad. Do you think it'd be better it's... to stick around?
2: Very, very confusing. It's I don't really. It's in the understand. Wales
1: near Valencia, I think, isn't it? So it'd be quite nice there. Why the hell they've come to yeah. Wales? I don't Why know. the hell they've come here?
2: It's like the first, they've got. They look like they've got some nice three G pitches over there, but it's not that good, honestly. Right anyway, then, yes.
1: Let's decide. Thank you very much to both Graham mm. and Anonymous Dave for sending in those players spotted. Please get yours in. at mm. blundermud Now, if you before we settle down to do the full chat, let's talk about who we're going to sit down next to <laughs> in the clubhouse as we of do course. each and every week. Here's mm. yours, Josh. Yes. First of all, Jack Giacomo.
2: Right. Oh, dear.
1: He's a fullback for Purple Headed Wanderers RFC. Yes. Buys all his clothes from Giacomo, despite being only five foot two and nine stone.
2: Oh, see, that's just weird, isn't it?
1: So just picture that tiny man, massive clothes. Do you want to sit next to him?
2: Um, Well, I'll I'll take my other option first.
1: Okay. Next one you can sit next to is Craving (laughs) Dale. he's he's yeah. a prop he's a prop forward for Shattington Old Spice F- RFC yep. he's off the fags and he's fucking fuming about it oh
2: see me and him probably shouldn't sit together because we'd bond, <laughs> we'd bond over that too much we'd probably talk about our vaping and that's the most tedious conversation <laughs> in the world so uh, no it'll have to be Giacomo man I'm
1: afraid Jack Giacomo have a seat <clears throat> careful yes. you don't trip no. over his trousers that are like spread out all around him
2: <laughs> I'll make myself a small duvet out of his, his flowing... <laughs> What's left of his shirt. <laughs> terrible Joe Brown's shirt. Um, right, so yours, your first person is Christoph Trench. mm mm-hmm. uh, Now, he's a nonchalant scrum half with a very retro penchant for reading Grumble magazines at the back of the team bus. Yes. But equally retro, sells pirate DVDs out of the back of his car despite nobody having watched a pirate DVD since 2010. Um, he's actually called Christopher but he found that growing a moustache and adopting a bit of a Faye French accent actually really improved his success with ladies. Um, he's never been married, but he claims he will settle down if he meets the right woman. He's 52.
1: Is that like the Italian bloke in Police Academy 1, who's not really uh, Italian, or the, really, the Spanish bloke who's not really Spanish because he gets all the ladies?
2: I mean, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> do you remember Police Academy?
2: I, I do. I don't remember that guy. OK. I mean, maybe I just got distracted by... George uh,
1: Martin, but he's really just George Martin. <laughs> because <laughs> that's that the kind that? of joke she had in 1984 yeah. that suddenly just pretend to be Spanish and get loads of women.
2: Yeah, that I've inadvertently brought back for 2018. Yeah, so Christoph Trezzy so got... liked his old yeah.
1: media. I quite like that. I quite yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, um, And your other option is uh, Chevy Pennycock. Um, is that a man or a woman? Is a former London, Scot- London Scottish flanker. Uh, he's also played for Bristol and Moseley, uh, played for England under Solid 20. Solid career. Brother, I like Redford it. Redford Pennycock. Yeah, no, this is a real former professional rugby player um, I'm sure he's a lovely lad, but his actual name is better and funnier than anything we've ever come up. Is, with. Is that, a
1: joke? is that actually true? Chevy Pennycock. Well, the fact that he's real, I have to ask him. Is <laughs> yes. yes, definitely. Well, his, his, bro-
2: his brother's called Redford, for God's sake.
1: So Redford there's Pennycock. De- there's definitely that is absolutely amazing.
2: There's they both. I remember. Don't middle class
1: names... people have brilliant names?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Redford and Chevy indicate to me that they are both big fans of a particular era of American
1: movies. <laughs> yeah, 70s American yeah. films, yeah. yeah. Redford and so, Chevy, that's amazing. Yeah.
2: I, think, I, think, uh, I think Chevy's just retired. I'm not sure if Redford still is. I remember him playing for Bristol and thinking it was the best name I'd ever heard, and then I heard he had a brother.
1: When I worked, my first job at a uni was at Legal & General in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. I worked in the filing room and it was a disaster because the office had recently opened and there was no system, so we had to go in and sort it all out. So, so you had to look through all these people who have applied for um, ices and shit. And, there mm. was, and as usual, there were loads of hilarious names that you could come across. We haven't used oh, them no. here. Like, for example, the Pat Mycock. <laughs> True. Some, I think it was a Thai lady who was called Two Suck Men. I'm not even joking. Seriously. Honestly, God, I'm not even joking. It's just too obvious, and then too there was obvious a woman, anyways, isn't it? there was a woman who was called Joyce Moody Nutter, double-barreled, right? So I was like, who decided <laughs> to double-barrel that name? At what point did you go, yeah, I'm going to call myself Moody Nutter? That'll work.
2: Well, I, I saw a thing from uh, – I, I I mean, I'll level with you. I don't keep up with the Made in Chelsea news. But um, <laughs> no, someone, neither, from, no. someone from Made in Chelsea uh, – who I think is called Locke or something I don't know, but he's getting married to his fella, uh, and he's his fella's also called Locke. so he's changing his name from Hang on I'm good Ollie Locke and he's now going to become Ollie Lock Lock, <laughs> which
1: I kind of love sorry.
2: that. <laughs> I mean, sorry, good luck to you, best of British, Mark of an absolute cunt. Ollie Lock
1: Lock, I, I quite I quite like
2: that. <laughs> it sounds like a sort of it does sound quite jaunty, doesn't it? are no, you saying
1: that? It sounds yeah. like a Welsh song. Ooh, <laughs> olly, <laughs> lock, lock, <lock-y-loo>, locky, loo, <laughs> locky. And that's not a joke. It does sound like, what's the, what was the Welsh song? They went, olly, a kiki, a a cuckoo. Oh, remember that one? Cuckoo, 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 that cuckoo one. Cuckoo, that one. Yes, sounds a bit like that, that. that. one. Does a bit, yeah. Anyway, enough of this. Let's learning move on. So,
2: welcome to Learning Welsh Songs
1: with Lee. Um, I think it was called Roy France. Something about a bloke going to Austria. I remember that. It was something like that. When I first moved to Wales with the first song I learned, I was like, this is madness. Absolute madness. <laughs> what, what is this fucking thing? We do all place? things Brian Breeden for with, with Lancashire. What's this all about? Yeah, uh, so anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, let's talk about news that we've sat down. Fucking hell, yeah. Fuck I mean, me, yeah. Sorry, yeah. everybody.
2: Yes, news. Uh, Worcester have some new owners. They do. Uh, A consortium. Not, it's not the SRU, sadly, because that would <laughs> Oh, oh that would have been great, wouldn't it? Uh, It's a consortium led by former Swindon Town chairman Jed McCrory uh, and a man called Errol Pope, who uh, sounds like he should be in a sort of 1970s soul band, but is instead... Uh, the head of a private investment firm that uh, has the worst website I've ever seen for a professional company in 2018.
1: Mind you, though, so does does Warren Buffett's company, so you can't judge everything by that, can you? (laughs) Well,
2: exactly, yeah. Look, he's all about spending money
1: where it matters. Errol Pope is a finance specialist in property and commodity trading.
2: If that doesn't sound... that doesn't
1: sound solid character type, does it? (laughs) um and the and yeah. has a passion for community-led projects in sports no he doesn't
2: no one has a passion for that come let me
1: sit down for an interview what's your passion in life um my passion is for community-led projects money. in sport
2: your passion is for making fucking money like <laughs> everybody else's um my passion they... is
1: for parking money somewhere so i don't have to actually <laughs> declare it sorry i mean community-led projects in sport
2: Um, Um, They have, of course, promised all the usual big dreams. Uh, you, You know, European superpower, extra investment, blah, blah, blah. Problem is, everyone's doing this now. Not everybody can become one of the top teams in England if everyone's got a fucking sugar dally... Promising to take them to the top, somebody's going to have to lose out. there. When does he,
1: this end? He has a particularly un, it, the statement is a particularly underwhelming claim on the investment, it is isn't, a it? Bit, listen, isn't it? The new owners are committed to keeping the club at six ways, fair enough, and investing above a certain threshold into that was the rugby a weird budget. Line. I mean, don't what we all? Don't threshold? we all dream of a bright future of investing above a certain threshold? Isn't that real? What is that's that? what dreams what are that? made of? Surely is
2: that? is that threshold the bare minimum of the salary cap? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, also, McCrory, like McCrory's been in charge, uh, involved in various football clubs. Um, I'm not going to say anything about them because, judging by a quick Google earlier, his lawyer is very, very dedicated. Um,
1: <laughs> and,
2: but, you know, he's, his MO seems to be mainly about sort of going in somewhere that's a bit of a financial shambles and let's not be, be around the bush here. Worcester the lost eight million quid last year. Yeah. Um, and he's about restructuring efficiency cost saving all the nece- these are all necessary and important things that I think Worcester need to survive but maybe not necessarily compatible with premiership survival um given the way that they probably can't afford Look, stop trying got.
1: to make sense and get on board with the utopian future of investing above a certain threshold and unicorns for everyone.
2: <laughs> investing above a certain unicorn <laughs> threshold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, how's <that> um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh,
2: good luck to Worcester. Um, Genuinely,
1: though, good, good luck, because actually yeah. a club there, as much as we laugh at their, you know, next to the... Motorway Stadium and all that stuff because it is quite miserable. But actually, no, you know the game needs clubs like Worcester to thrive, doesn't it? So it does. I hope it works no. out for them. Also involved is David Seymour, former yes. Premiership Sale player. The only thing I knew about. caught the coffee business must be fucking good because that's <laughs> all he had before. As he had a coffee business like every fucker else.
2: Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, if you're if you get in there early enough, as he obviously did, then you can make yeah, serious fucking bean literally.
1: Some serious um, dinero. <laughs> Probably some English um, money as well. Yeah. Um
2: So yeah, I I whatever, good for them, I'd say. Uh it's good them. that they've got some investment nope. and the whole Duckworth thing is is kinda of, finally kind of But
1: I think this is gonna be the future, isn't it? It'll just be every yeah. three or four years somebody goes, Oh fuck another off of this. Until they um, all run out of things.
2: Well this is kind of it's interesting because we've kind of already seen this happening in with the game in Wales over the last, you know. 10 or so years when the regions came in the sugar daddies came with them and they had about 10 years and then they were like fucking hell rugby's a money pit isn't it <laughs> um, and so yeah you know it might be a case that clubs kind of just get passed around between different owners every sort of five or 10 years when they basically decide that the money's not fucking worth it
1: alan sugar had a brilliant quote about tottenham running tottenham didn't he because he kind of came into that with, not with his eyes wide open as a businessman if you know what i mean yeah. And he said, you know, well, why wouldn't you invest in the club? So he said something like, well, I'd already pissed under million pounds of my own money at the wall. I wasn't going <laughs> to piss any more of it on the wall, was I?
2: And that's the thing. they all These old guys all get to a point where they're like, There will not be a return for this investment. You know, if you want to start putting money into a rugby club or any sports team, you're not in it to fucking make money unless you're. No, and I think everyone. Or something.
1: I think everyone understands that. It's how long you're willing to keep incurring losses for. Absolutely. And we've been here before. So we're not going to go through that again. So what else have we got in the news? Uh, Leicester have signed Haguara's half scrum half. Felipe Ethcura as autumn cover because they've got that lad got injured at the weekend and Ben Youngs will be with England still. Um, sounds fun I know nothing he played for the Jags I know nothing about him other than the fact that judging by his picture he'll up the Tigers squad handsomeness factor by a factor of about a thousand
2: <laughs> well that's because the step down is, is basically it goes George Ford him
1: George Ford then you're, into, you're really into the then, you're into, there, then you? you're
2: into Dan Cole yeah. and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know with the greatest respect to Dan Cole Yes. I'm sure even he would admit that he is uh, not a part-time model.
1: During the other weekend, I was watching the Leicester game, and I was trying mm. to find my entertainment where I could find it because it was so fucking. Fucking <laughs> hell! Yeah. And at one point, Nick Mullins said, uh, "And that's Dan Koloff," <laughs> and I and I and I sort of went, "Oh, it sounds like one of, it sounds like one of Steve Diamond's." Uh, oh, do you, see, see, I can't <laughs> even get to the end of the joke. It's so bad. Sounds like one of Steve Diamond's Russian <laughs> signings. Hey! There we go. Fucking hey. hellfire! I do apologise. Uh, oh, everybody. About,
2: I got there a couple of minutes ago and I was kind of just waiting yeah. for you to... It was to... like
1: a best man speech. Everyone was really willing me be, willing be on and wishing for <laughs> it to go well. There we go. Well. We go. So there the you bad go. Bad absolutely bad. terrible joke Claxon. <laughs> <klaxis. laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. So good luck to him. Yes. A bit of Argentinian uh, batshitness is what we need.
2: Absolutely. Uh, other news. Uh, Midi Olympique. Uh, Her reporting that uh, the LNR, the French rugby people, club rugby people and Major League Rugby in America um, have signed uh, an entente cordiale, uh, as they probably still say in France, um, basically saying that uh, Top 14 and Pro D2 are going to loan various young, talented French players to Major League Rugby in America for um, up to two years, basically to give them game time and let them develop in a sort of non-mental, non-French environment. And, yeah, presumably to boost the profile of the game and, and add some extra quality to the game in America. So, interesting. Uh, and kind of, you've got to look at that and go, why hasn't, like, a Premiership or top, Pro 14 or an English-speaking league not got in there and gone this? they there really spending
1: their money building concentration camps for rugby players in former British <laughs> Conliners?
2: there is that Um, they're not really
1: concentration camps sorry but you know what I mean
2: they're training camps yes Mm. Um, yes so interesting but uh, we'll see how that goes Uh,
1: what else we got Uh, Tim Sweel is leaving Harlequins and going to Newcastle All right. I can't be the only one that always reads his name as Tim Swivel
2: (laughs) Swivel swivel. I I just (laughs) I don't want to say it I, do, those I, names.
1: I I always read it as Tim Swivel.
2: Yeah. I I, I read it as Swile sometimes, but then I, <laughs> we all know that I have some odd pronunciation issues. Tim Swiler's has
1: sieged into Newcastle,
2: <laughs> yeah. as
1: you might say.
2: It's the Ian um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll come on to this again later. Um, last bit of news then. This fucking Todd Blackadder situation at Bath. I'm just going to say it. Right,
1: remind me again of what's happening here. So he's. So, He's signed at a contract extension yeah.
2: until 2020. Youn, but, yeah. Which when, when Stuart Hooper, who's currently some contrived title that means nothing at Bath, uh, elite performance. Because he's a Bath
1: man. He just gets a yeah. job for being a Bath <clears> man. Elite,
2: elite performance manager or, you know, <laughs> king of biscuits or something, I don't know. Food and um,
1: beverage director, like Robert De Niro <laughs> in Casino. <laughs>
2: um, so he'll take over when Blackadder presumably leaves in 2020. However, they're not necessarily saying that Todd Blackadder will definitely leave in 2020, just that whenever Todd Blackadder leaves, Stuart Hooper will then take over. However, Toby Booth, long-time uh, attack coach, and Darren Edwards, long-time forwards coach, will be leaving Bath at the end of the season. It doesn't make any sense
1: at all. Is Stuart Hooper bringing in his kind of staff? Perhaps. Well, maybe, but then... Why isn't Todd Blackadder bringing in his staff? If he wants to do a good job, yeah. Yes,
2: because, you know, those people, Booth and Edwards have both been there since pre-Blackadder.
1: Toby Booth was manager of London Irish when they were good. mm. And he kind of never got another head coach role. It was really odd. He
2: went went to be the attack coach at Bath under Ford, I'm guessing. And it just makes no... Like, I get Bath are trying to do some sort of, like, promote from within... She give me what it, but
1: well, they love like Stuart Hooper. Them. They like absolutely they love him absolutely... It's almost like a it's like a, it's like a personality cult down there with Stuart Hooper. They do, and fashion. actually, I'm, by all accounts, he is a very decent bloke and knows what he's doing. But yeah, it is absolutely. it is borderline personality. He's cult fucking
2: well, well weird, and I don't really understand <laughs> it.
1: Uh, <coughs> so yeah, in terms of new do we want to do some news? Do it later about the All Blacks winning their six their sixth rugby championship in seven years. <sighs>
2: Who gives a fuck, really? Let's be honest. There's
1: your news, then. There you go.
2: Yeah. Shall we talk about... some? Congratulations to the All Blacks, I mean.
1: Mm. Well, no, genuinely, I suppose. Yeah, congratulations to them. I'm not not going to be sniffy about the fact that they're still fucking ace.
2: Yeah, it's just completely... Wait till they take
1: on the mighty... Mighty rebuilt England in a fucking few weeks time. Oh yes. Just, oh yes. Just, just, just you wait for that, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so. Right, let's go on to the tight five from the weekend, which might be more let's. than five and might not even be tight. But don't let that us hold us back. <laughs> um, do you? Do you want? Shall I start? Uh, crack on, mate. In France, Mo Money seems to be bringing Mo Problems.
2: It does a little bit. Because if
1: you look at the table, uh, the bottom of the top 14, Perpignan are there. Mm. Montpellier are drifting down there. I mm. know oh, they're doing a bit better now.
2: And Toulon.
1: Toulon are right down there. Yeah. <laughs> Toulon are, uh, honestly, Toulon, Well, Montpellier's win over Perpignan actually has helped them out a bit. Yeah, so, Reese.
2: I hope those many many euros are worth it, because if you went to the south of France to win stuff, you have signed for the wrong club, sunshine.
1: It's really horrible news, isn't it though, for Paddy Jackson and his new career that he's not managed to win a game <clears throat> yet. That's really <clears throat> devastating. <throat>
2: absolutely throat> gutted for him. Poor lad. He just wants a chance to. No, I'm not <laughs> even going to go there. Um, but yeah, Toulon have lost six and one-two this season, which is fucking mad given that they have got a squad that is quite literally jammed that st- you know yeah. for all of the talk that Toulon are not what they once were and yeah, let's be honest they're not but they're still fucking they've got more internationals and more money than fucking any team in Britain except maybe Leinster or Saracens mm. and they're just shitting the bed you know they've got Rhys fucking Webb for god's sake like, He should be good enough on his own.
1: And of course, um, what's really funny is how quite clearly massively pissed off Claremont are about last year.
2: Oh yeah, because they, they are, are kicking ass it.
1: and taking names. They, are. Aims. they <laughs> are really not are, happy at all.
2: They are proving so many points. Um, but yeah, you know, they they the top fourteen doesn't make sense a lot of the time. Let's not beat around the bush here. But. Particularly this season, it is a little bit fucking mental.
1: Yeah, and and obviously, yeah. And
2: and funny. Let's be honest, it's funny.
1: (laughs) It is endlessly more interesting than our league.
2: Yeah, in many ways,
1: because it's just mad. Well,
2: yeah, you look at, you know, the teams in the bottom half of the table include fucking Bordeaux Begler who spent a lot of money. to lose who always spent a lot of money. La Rochelle, who were basically the fucking best team in the, in the Pro 14 in the regular season last season, are down in ninth. Poe, who spent fucking shitloads of money, are in 10th, Toulon are in 11th. And then you've got, as you say, Perpignan, who spent a lot of money rock bottom with Grenoble and Argen. And it's like, okay, Grenoble and Argen, you probably expected to not do well, but all yeah. these other teams, they spent fucking shitloads of money. Apart from everyone, weirdly,
1: the ones that the one that's the perennial overachiever really is um, our old friends,
3: I guess I'm right, guess I'm right.
2: isn't it? Yeah, it's weird that. And I mean, you look at cast squad and you just think, how? Like genuinely, they, enough, you, but you know, their most famous players. By a country fucking mile are Rory Cocker, who is 7,000 years old.
1: And has and, and has ungainly Popeye forearms.
2: Yes. Uh, and Scott Smeddin, who also has ungainly Popeye, uh, has ungainly Popeye everything. Yeah. let not beat around the bush here. And,
1: and as they say in Lancashire, he has a scan? Do you know what that means? Do you know what a scan is? It's a cross-eye.
2: Oh, yeah, he does a bit, yeah. He's, he's a bit pontoonized, as we'd say <laughs> in Wales, yeah. Um but yeah, you look at that squad. There's like they've a, a smattering of internationals, but nobody fucking knows. it's nothing massively. compared
1: to the Racings of this world or the Claremonts. Well, of you've this got world, fucking
2: Jeff, Jan David and fucking Jeffrey Pallet and fucking Steve Maffey. It's not exact, they're not exactly a fucking. Not not a bad team, trotters. but
1: not, we're going to go they're and not, win the fucking league regularly and piss everybody off and keep upsetting people. No, they're, they're you know, they've.
2: Yeah, they're, they're a solid. They're a team that you look at and go they'll probably be sort of lower mid table in the premiership like looking at that squad. Hmm. But They probably wouldn't
1: be because they kick, they overachieve. But they're fucking
2: kicking them. ass and taking names and fair play to them. What have you got for the weekend? Uh well, um without wishing to to be a bit sort of eh, like
1: I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You're okay. to I know be like uh, that.
2: Joe Miller's perfectly entitled, right, to not want to play for England anymore. Yes but that doesn't mean that rugby shouldn't be asking himself why he doesn't <laughs> want to play for England anymore like lots of people were talking about Sam Warburton his his injury enforced retirement mm. start of the season should be you know a massive wake up call for rugby from a player welfare point of view but when like a player decides to retire from test rugby at the age of 28 a year out from a world cup sort of without saying it, basically saying that just the pressure and the fucking strain and all of that stuff that playing for your country puts on you is just a bit much. That should probably be a different kind of turning point. Like, um, hmm. I'm not saying, like, Marla's not exactly an ordinary international player. His actions have put probably more of a spotlight on him than perhaps he was prepared and, he's, to, and, he's and certainly
1: more of an individual character than lots of people
2: absolutely and you know he's he's got some form for this he excused himself from that england summer tour uh year before last mm. the fallout of the whole gypsy boy thing so you could argue it's an isolated case but and, and i'm sure it will be to be honest with you in the sense that he's weighed up the massive financial incentives of remaining an england test player for the next two years um against the sacrifices demanded and decided it's not worth it. And I don't think many will.
3: But... Yeah, what,
1: what I like about it is I don't know, but exactly that. I think he's obviously sat down with his wife and gone, this isn't making me happy. I don't like being around you. However, you know, as a family, we're going to lose a shitload of money. And I hope, you know, I'd like to think, because I think that's what happened in my marriage. She just said, don't worry about that. We'll figure that out. You know, you'll, you'll we'll do whatever because you yeah. can't be fucking miserable.
2: Yeah, and I think it's really fucking easy for people like Clive Woodward to say, like, oh, I can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Because a lot of rugby people can be quite institutionalized in thinking that the way they operate is fucking normal.
1: And Clive Woodward's a sociopath, don't forget. <laughs> well, there
2: is that as well. But, like, you know, between, when you think about it, between August and May, like, when, whenever your kids and family are off school or work at the weekends, you're playing. And then if you're a test player, you probably spend, what, 40% of the year in camp away from your family or in another country or in another fucking hemisphere. Like like you say, like, I don't have a fucking season ticket to Bristol because I can't justify spending every other weekend of my season like doing something else that's not with my family. Yeah. So how do we expect professional rugby players to be okay with spending probably 90% of the time they could be spending with their families playing rugby? And like,
1: even if you expect it not, it might just not be making him happy. Yeah. And it may be well, making him so unhappy to such a level... <clears throat> he doesn't want to do it anymore yeah and
2: and you've got to think that like this has come out since he's retired it's come out that you know the leak this weekend that the RFU's planned for the EPS squad over the next two years gives them a grand total of two weeks off in two years like which will be between the end of this season and then reporting back for a three week World Cup conditioning camp which they're claiming counts as downtime bullshit if you're in camp or somewhere, that's not fucking... Conditioning have,
1: camp definitely <laughs> sounds like downtime, doesn't it? It's, well,
2: they, yeah, they're, they're supposed to have five weeks off, right? Every season. And they're based, and the and RFU decided that they could spend three of those weeks doing conditioning and training and World Cup prep. That's not five weeks I remember, off. Remember, that's, that's too,
1: Eddie Jones' condition. That's not a normal person's yeah,
2: condition. like what a human being can be expected to function on two weeks proper leave in a year, in two years, you know?
1: Like, look at the Southern Kings that, that'll tell you what it's like well yeah it's like it's like rugby needs we talk all the time
2: about rugby taking care of its players properly and like from a physical point of view but from a mental point of view you know the RFU is the richest and biggest union in the world and so they and let's be honest fucking Eddie should be leading the way in doing things properly and like taking care of players like New Zealand offering top players sabbaticals to keep them mentally and physically fresh is a fucking great idea the WRU effectively, to no avail, admittedly, did it with Warburton last season. <laughs> you know, they, they, they drive, went right. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking take a year off. Like, Would Marler have decided to knock this on the head if two years ago the RFU had said, you know what, mate, just take six months off. Just hmm. go and spend time with your family, recharge your batteries. Rugby is fucking intense. Go and spend some time away from the game. I don't know, but honestly, it feels like something that needs to start happening more because you can't expect players to just be on this fucking treadmill all the time.
1: If it was any other organisation of that size with its proper processes, there would be some kind of um, exit interview process, wouldn't there? And I hope they've gone through a very, very detailed exit interview with him to help help them to understand why you know why why he's doing this because yeah, you're absolutely out. right he's absolutely right to stop he shouldn't get any shit for it because people yeah. who say oh well, well playing rugby for a living i'd never stop y- yes you would yeah you would you get yes. tired and you get fed up because yeah. anything becomes a routine in the end yeah
2: and you probably last about a fucking month because you don't appreciate just how hard those fucking guys have to work on and off the field
1: some of the questions I asked Jason Tovey in the interview was about, you know, does it feel like a job when you're a professional rugby player? And his answer, his answer was actually quite interesting. He said, well, yeah, you know, especially if you're not winning. You
0: know, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, like, you know, why are we not just... I really hope, I honestly, the next fucking journalist that gets Eddie Jones in front of the camera should probably ask him, has he spoken? Have they had an exit interview with Joe Marler? have they spoken to him properly about why he feels the way that he feels or have they just gone, Oh, one, one, you know, not a bad egg, but one sort of, yeah, one sort of, uh, you know, I a mean, it's, it's, error, not, it's not
1: completely, you know, it's, there's, there's examples of other sports. There's Paul Scholes, the he gave up playing for England quite early because he yeah. just said, I just don't like the travelling. And that, he is that kind yeah. of guy, you know, I, you don't, know. I don't like the travelling. It's a load of aggro. I'd just rather yeah. be at home with my family. I've got 50 yeah. odd caps, whatever. That's fine, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, Michael Carrick was exactly the same. Just didn't enjoy playing for England because of the stress and the pressure. Especially in Obviously.
1: going to where he wasn't getting picked yeah
2: Marcus Triscothic obviously very well, famous he, I mean, example he was,
1: he was clearly ill uh, slightly different yeah. but yeah there's a, there is a good example like that But and that's thing you never know I mean because there's something with Mahler, isn't there yeah that he's obviously not wanting to talk about publicly in great detail but you know I think I said when I tweeted it out you know everyone has a right to make a decision that makes them happier absolutely or happy and, you know and, and, if, and that's if, the end of it
2: yeah that as far as I'm concerned absolutely fine with that it's just...
1: Is, is there just anything because... structurally we can learn? It seems like a pertinent question, I agree. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Right so then, that's... so what else have we got then? Uh, Michael Checker. Yes. In many years, fast forward a few decades to when Michael Checker's on his deathbed and he's, and he's riddled and he's a, a bit delirious. Yes. And he's reaching the end and, he, you know, the light's coming. Somebody yeah, will come so... and visit Michael Checker and mm-hmm. say to him, Michael, I'm sorry to see you like this. What's killing yeah. you, Michael? And he's going to go curtly yeah. fucking bail. <laughs> Almost specifically yeah. the lack of a fucking ten, which means I have to play curtly fucking bail, or something like that.
2: I honestly think your curtly B- that your Michael Checker might be the
1: worst impression ever done.
2: No, best. <laughs> Michael best.
1: Checker on his deathbed. Mind. Yeah. It's a very niche impression.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> you, you've got that sort of old man, oh, I'm, I'm a wizened old man thing, absolutely fucking down. Um, yeah, Australia are a shambles though, aren't they? Let's be honest.
1: Do you remember like about, <laughs> that the last World Cup, wasn't it? 2015. Remember? Yeah.
2: 2015, they were fucking mustard.
1: Everyone was like, wow, how he managed to coach this? The defence is fucking rock hard and he's got them working really hard and, you know, on a limited, you know... And, it's the same squad but look what he's done with them remember i remember very specifically having those discussions if you can be asked you can go back and listen to previous episodes when that was probably said um and now and, it's just and here a we disaster. fucking
2: are it's it's just it makes no sense let's not be around the bush here. it makes no sense how they're this bad with the quality of players that they have in like cuz Even if, even if it was, you know, shit and they had no, you know, they had no fucking other players, they still got enough good players there to maximize their strength. Hmm. You know, the fact that they've got no fucking locks to speak of the fact that they're fucking desperately short of scrum hours and fly offs. You can, you can get around these problems with the level of talent they've got elsewhere you would imagine, to at least be fucking,
1: I don't know, non-shambolic. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm not going to ask you to win, just just actually look like you know what you're doing, that would be a start. Just be, just be less of a fucking
2: complete shambles. But they just, no, they don't seem to have any interest in not being a shambles, to be honest.
1: No, I mean, yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry to yeah. not be very good on the analysis and all that, but I just don't it's, understand why this is the case. It doesn't. I mean, take Northern South Africa. Yeah. To be fair, obviously they're on something of a bit of you know that they're coming together nicely, yeah, at least for for, for the period, hmm. and they seem to have found some you know some nice players. But um, but but they it's, were just
2: terrible, and they, they remain terrible. That's the thing that he says. You know, Checker said that he saw some improvements. I did not see any fucking improvement. I haven't seen any improvement in Australia for quite some time. And the problem is that they will turn around and have a sort of, you know, they'll give us some sort of false dawn moment. Like when they sort of were moderately decent against Ireland for a couple of weeks and it was like, Oh, okay. Maybe they're, well, no, no, they're not. And it's,
1: I just don't think yeah, you can move... I mean, there's obviously the kirtley Beale pass thing. I don't think you can yeah. move forward building your team around kirtley Beale a year well, the a, World Cup. I not, thought, at a, not, not at a 10, 10. 10. Not at 10. Sorry, I don't mean not in the team at all. Play him at 12, sure
2: by all means, but he ain't at 10. But they don't seem to trust any of the very few players that they have elsewhere to play 10, you know? I mean... The problem is that I
1: think he's trying to he's trying to manufacture something with Beal because he knows he isn't getting much of a platform. So I think he's it's almost like well I have to have him in there to try and do something interesting because if you had like yeah. not, if you weren't getting a great amount of very good ball, having Foley in there was well on one level it might work because he might just get you a bit of territory I suppose. But
2: but that's the thing though isn't it? All he's going to ever do is get you a bit of territory. Problem
1: when he plays against Wales and turns into like the rebirth of. Yeah. Well, I, I, will,
2: I, will, I will bet you seven million pounds that uh <laughs> Australia Australia will look like the fucking all blacks for yeah. precisely It seems that, minutes. I reckon
1: they need a nice confidence boosting game against Wales to sort they, themselves they,
0: out.
2: You know, they they absolutely will. And to be honest with you, it'll almost certainly happen because I've I've watched this movie too many fucking times now. Um But you know, you look at that squad and you just think there should be surely somewhere in that fucking team like a decent bunch of fucking
1: lads. <laughs> yeah. There has like, to be. That bat line is... I mean, you know, Beal, he's frustrating. He's a good player. Genie is class, Beal. Coribette is problem, right handful. Matsumura is... is the you with, I, go on, sorry.
2: The problem with Genier is that he is literally the only thing they've got at nine that isn't an absolute fucking disgrace <laughs> and i don't know where you go with that you know it's I don't, like
1: what i do you go to nick phipps off the bench that's where you go this is the thing it's like fucking
2: hell is that is literally the second best drum Tam- off in australia
1: every it's universally I, accepted that matt tamua he's very is good. wonderful right Yes. Have you ever known a wonderful player to be put in as many, situ- as many regular playing situations where he cannot express how wonderful he is?
0: <laughs> You've got fucking Leicester, yeah. haven't you? Yeah.
1: Then he's, and then he's constantly and permanently jet-lagged for the past three months.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he's playing for, for Australia. You've got to feel sorry yeah. for the guy. Or on the upside, you might say, well, do fucking better because it's down to you to try and improve it. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Australia lost to a team that has put Peter Stefty Toy back at seven.
2: Yeah. Just, almost and it's not
1: just an absolute to, a total shambles. Almost
2: just to fuck with people, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's
2: like, yeah, why not? But, like, you look at that fucking back line. And I bet Razzie just, had it, a very can,
1: very long conversation with himself about that selection did, before he did, he did
2: we'll, it. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a big Razzie debrief at some point in the future. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at that sort of, as you say, the back line, you've got fallow, you've got Hayler Petty, you've got Corabet, I mean, Hayler Petty at fullback, I'm never going to be convinced by um, put well, Flau it's just back swapping back.
1: in a flower, isn't it? I just, yeah.
2: yeah. This this Aussie obsession with utility backs is a problem. But um, Hodge is fine at 13. Mm. Tamua's is fine. You know, he's a very, very good player. Genny is great. Pocock's good. Hooper's good. I mean, to be honest, with you, the front row should be a lot better than it is. When you look at, like, Tupou Fanga and CEO, it. it's yeah. like. That's that should be a good front row. But I don't know, they're just they are they are a team that is less than the sum of their parts at the moment.
1: I oh, just I yeah, I very much like South Africa becoming a big load of fucking monsters in the eight again.
2: Well, that's exactly what South Africa always should have done. Yes, and I just love you it
1: know. that it's coming back because actually that's one of the great things about rugby is a monster South African eight. Yeah. And then they've got these I don't like Jesse Creel I think he's shit. But um <laughs> William Larue. <laughs> This, that little fucking dancing pixie, Cheslin Colbert. Yeah, we'll I'll talk about
2: him in a bit, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, Deanti's fucking great as well. Uh, yeah.
1: Faf is back being it. mad and he's being Fasson, tolerated. Fasson, tolerate Fasson, the madness, Fasson. live with it, go yeah. with it.
2: If you tolerate Faf, then some <laughs> Troys will be next. Your Colbert
1: will that. be next.
2: There we go. <laughs>
1: uh, right then, what have you got else uh, on the weekend?
2: Oh, yes, uh, well... I've learned that the bottom of the Premiership is going to be a hell of a lot more interesting than the top of it this season. Um, mm. It's week five of the season, uh, and already we've got Alan Solomon saying that the Premiership is a two-horse race. Um, to be honest with you, though, it's been true since probably week one <laughs> that there are only two teams. We did that say in our
1: Pre- preview, didn't we, that it's a lovely long season, and then Exeter and Saracens play each other in the final, sort of
2: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, on current form. Calling it a two horse race is probably a bit generous to Exeter, because Exeter comfortably looked the best of the rest. But on current form, I don't see how anyone slows Harrison's down in any meaningful way, and it's not a brilliant thing for the league that prides itself on being mega competitive, is it really?
1: No, and and Harrison's had a bit of a dip, didn't they last year? <clears throat> round yeah, they, about Six Nations that then came back, but they did, and they they were uncharac- like they were still very strong, but uncharacteristically yeah. slightly flaky around the edges for them. Yeah.
2: Liam Williams has started three games and he's got two (laughs) hat-tricks.
1: And then the lad, what's his name? The lad they've signed for London Irish, his name. Yeah, he's got a... He started about two games and scored 14 tries, hasn't he, or something?
2: Yes, he scored five tries. Liam Williams has scored six and we are five games into the season.
1: Amazing. I mean, to be fair, Um, there is far more tries in the Premiership than there there were last year. Yes. And a lot of people are trying to... There's people trying to draw conclusions about that right now and it's a very silly thing to do because we're only about... What five games into the season? The weather's
2: still nice. Everybody's a little bit excitable. Um, But that being said, if the Premier is going to remain interesting for the next, you know, nine months or whatever, the only area it's going to be interesting is who the hell is going to go down because there's what, like five or six teams that could go down conceivably.
1: Uh, Sale, Newcastle, Worcester, Bristol, Northampton, Leicester, Leicester. Well, if you look at it from from four down, it's thirteen points Harlequin's on four. Yeah. In fourth. And then there's only five points between that and third from bottom, which is Worcester. And then Newcastle. Yeah, so there's there's an eight point spread between bottom and fourth.
2: Yeah. Which is, you know nothing. Pretty pretty fucking make upable. And yeah, I mean, there are teams that a couple of weeks ago I went, I think they're gonna be all right. But now i'm going i'm not sure like newcastle i thought ah they'll be fine but they've lost what four or five now and okay they've yeah. lost good teams but they've lost at home to good teams and that is something they were not doing last year um sale looking absolute fucking shambles um steve diamond's old school training shit or whatever it is um
1: I don't, think he's, I don't I think I think that was a bit tongue in cheek that comment because I don't think his training is that old school. Apparently. No,
2: but I'm just saying whatever he, whatever he did to what? them last on Monday it didn't have much of a difference. <laughs> yes. to
1: whatever your big talk was it didn't actually come to fruition.
2: Yeah, and then you look at you know Bristol like that loss to Saints on Saturday shipping 45 points at home. It doesn't matter if you score 40, like, and everybody's really enjoyed watching Bristol play the first few weeks of the season, like, if you're scoring 40 points at home but shipping 45, you're still losing a fucking game. And it was bad defence, uh, the sort of defence that sent them down a couple of years ago through just What's um, interesting
1: is there's no one who's, so far, who's truly outstandingly shit. There's no sort of London Welsh or Bristol as the first years ago. And that's uh, all London Irish last year. So that's the thing. So it's hard to know because normally, if you want to stay up, you know you've probably got to win, what, four games, five games? Yeah. Stay up. I'm not sure that's going to be enough this year because I think these are all going to – I mean, on current, looking at it now, it's only five games, obviously, but they're all going to just take points off each other, I think.
2: Yeah, well, when you think about it, if Bristol have won two games, Worcester have won two games.
1: Mm. Well, basically, after Wasps, well, basically, Saracens have won all five, so have Exeter, Wasps have won four, and then after that, everyone's won either two or one.
2: Yeah, and that, to me, says mad things could happen. Mm. You know, a team, like you say, if it only takes four or five games to go up, to stay up, somebody could fucking go on a bad run especially a team that you know fucking harlequins i know they had a freely fucking good win over gloucester on the weekend but they looked absolutely fucking wretched against yeah, Bristol see, it Borg. was
1: their turn to be quite decent but then you see gloucester are just the harlequins of last do you know what i mean so yeah. gloucester look all right then they lose the harlequins this is the thing this is going to be the story it looks like yeah, this could ev- be the story everybody's
2: going to beat everybody and it's gonna come in I just think the end of the season, the last couple of those last couple of weeks, there's probably gonna be about four or five teams that could all end up going down. And there's probably gonna be some big names involved in there. You know, I'm sure Worcester and Bristol and probably Newcastle will be involved, but there's gonna Sale might very well be involved, Northampton could very well be involved, Leicester might even be involved. And that's fucking mad.
1: I've thought of another thing that the Harlequins away shorts look like. Oh yeah. Appealed aubergine. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's got that sort of, yeah, greeny-gray sort of...
1: Yeah.
2: Bit of purple in there. Yeah, no, it's not nice. Are you an
1: eggplant fan? Do you do aubergine? Oh, yeah, I don't a, mind It's that. a divisive vegetable, I find.
2: I can live with it. I mean, it wouldn't be my my sort of vegetable of choice. But, uh,
1: yeah, you know, why not? Let's it's have not some... A, so, so it's what not a courgette, would, is it? Is that your vegetable of choice, really?
2: No. Oh, no, I mean, in, in the...
1: Well, it's fuck. not as bad as a courgette, you
2: mean? Fuck courgettes is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> fuck courgettes. Fuck okra, because <laughs> of that yes. snotty bit in the middle.
2: Um, yeah. Fuck. What other vegetables can get fucked?
1: I don't like tomatoes. I tell you that's what, I, fruit, like to- technically,
2: but yeah. I like tomatoes in things, but I don't. I'm not keen on a raw. I tomato. can't
1: eat raw tomatoes, but I can eat cooked ones. Same. And I've tried that's to that's- eat. Co- I've tried to eat raw tomatoes in every part of the world in every variety because I get really <laughs> naffed off and I don't like them yeah. and every time I eat them I go that is it's fucking like, minging." yeah
2: everything about it from the texture to the
1: the powderiness giving oh, way that's... to the kind of sliminess
2: yeah the fact that it's just water in places it just, it's just the fucking <laughs> shambles of... it <laughs> sounds like
1: a Rodney Parade anyway, but yeah anyway whip
2: uh... it up whip it up into a nice marinara I fucking love that shit loving it
1: absolutely yeah. T- Tin tomatoes plum tomatoes I can live with that oh yeah cook, love cook them down
2: yeah, put it in a nice curry. Beautiful. No.
1: What are your least favourite vegetables? Get in touch with uh yeah, blood please. and mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, right that, then. That's, a, so feature, that's a, a
2: feature that could run and run. That could
1: run, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Favourite vegetable, actually. What is your favourite one? I don't know. It's a shit. Oh, it's not, it's a crap it's, thing to have a favourite thing. It's, fucking, on, isn't it? it's, it's, not, it's not a pie, thing. is it? Let's be honest. Let's in be fact, honest. my favourite vegetable is probably a cheese pie. Does that count?
2: <laughs> no, everybody's favourite. Anybody who says it isn't is lying. Everyone's favourite vegetable is the potato.
1: Oh, that's true. I was thinking about more of the coloured vegetable range.
2: Yeah. Broccoli, you know. probably, from the coloured vegetable range,
1: but there you go. Yeah, kind of with broccoli, yeah. Or a garden pea.
2: Yeah. I like a sweet potato as well. Big fan of a sweet oh, potato.
1: fucking overrated, like pulled pork. <laughs> yeah, so um, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you learn anything else on the weekend? Um, <laughs> Please, for the love of God, moving on, yeah.
2: Um, I learned that Graham Roundtree's face and his words <laughs> don't necessarily send the same message. It
1: like he had been taken hostage by some <laughs> he, Russian he, mafia he people. The pho- didn't yeah, it?
2: the photos that were
1: released when uh, yeah, George yeah, announced remarkable. that
2: he's there. He looked with like that James
1: Bond bad guy badge behind him. He was
2: stuff. literally being held at gunpoint shortly after somebody had told him that, like, <laughs> his dog had been like killed and he'd just been kicked in the balls, and yet. His words were this is the most excited I've been for any role. And it's like Graham. He got to, talk in- to the
1: Gavin please, Hastings.
2: Yeah, please inform your fucking face about that, mate, because you <laughs> look like you're at a wake. Um in all seriousness though, he must be delighted at the prospect of just making those horrible nasty massive Georgian that is
1: surely a forward, even more horrible and nasty a scrum coach's fucking dream is to get given <laughs> a load of georgians in it just be
2: going this is going to be fucking brilliant <laughs> <laughs> fuck all of this passing bollocks i'm rolling it back to 2003 you're uh, massive lads
1: I, I thought i told you to shave before we came to training we all did shave <laughs> 25 minutes ago <laughs> now okay. full beat.
2: Oh, i told you how much i love my job today <laughs>
1: Graham Roundtree amazing Uh,
2: do you expect
1: me to talk no Mr Roundtree we expect you to die yes so yeah so there you go yeah what else have we got no we've covered it all yeah it's all done
2: that is the whole week covered in excruciating detail I'm sure you'll agree
1: that is the whole week Uh, covered in excruciating
0: detail Niall lives on a hill a very steep hill which is great for the calf muscles. But when it comes to squeezing in and out of that parking space between the neighbour's pride and joy, Niall begins to worry. I wonder if they use recycled plastic to make all the recycling bins. In the new Dacia Duster with automatic gearbox and hill start assist, at least hills are nothing to worry about. And from only €45 per week on the road, nor is the price. Visit the Dacia sales event from the 18th to the 20th of November. Don't worry. Be Duster. Offer made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. See Dacia.ie.
3: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash pupchanges. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection.
1: Shall we talk about the Challenged Cup, then?
2: Yes, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, look.
1: <laughs> In look. a move about as surprising as Boris Johnson being a twat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we all knew how this was going to go. Yes. The Dragons and the Challenged Cup are like some sort of, like, cosmically aligned couple that are destined to, like, find one another over and over again, like...
1: They're lobsters, as Phoebe from Friends would say.
2: These lobsters, yeah. No matter the obstacle. He's bitten well, the challenge cup has been working its way back to you. <laughs> ben,
1: babe. It's like that film The Impossible after a tsunami where you McGregor finds his family again. It's kinda <laughs> like that, but in sort of a made up cup and rugby form. Which I think would have been more moving and a better way to spend a couple of hours.
2: Absolutely. Um so yeah, of course the dragons lost to glasgow who bafflingly got the fucking cup last week in circumstances nobody still entirely understands (laughs) let's be honest um to be fair to the dragons they did make a game of it for about 45 minutes and then glasgow just decided that they were going to score loads of tries and end so once again for the fucking what third or fourth time in succession or some bollocks like that they're fucking back with it and they should just keep it forever shouldn't they clearly these two things want to be well, together
1: it will probably happen anyway so there's no point in them
2: like like magnets they are just like you know there's only so long you can keep those people apart you know
1: oh well, So okay so yeah so that's that's the end of the challenge cup not much more to yeah. say really we will see where who've dragons got next
2: i don't know uh that's a good point actually i should just check because i've had to re-add them to my uh literally my 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 biweekly schedule at the moment is but and is adding and then removing the dragons from my favorites <laughs> on the ultimate rugby app uh, oh hello Who's the that? dragons the dragons have uh Cardiff Blues at home
1: mm.
2: and, then, Interesting. and then and then they have Timosaura Saracens away in the challenge cup
1: oh dear. Oh boy! Are we going to lose yet another trophy to Eastern <coughs> the, Central that, Europe
2: down the back of the Eastern European sofa? Um, maybe, although I don't know. Maybe Timosaurus Saracens are better than the Dragons. That's that's not. And
1: it you know. is away, and the Dragons are not good traveling. Are they? No,
2: they're terrible at it, and you know the Dragons. Like Guinness. I, well, let's just be honest the, the Dragons, in terms of I don't know. If they lose to the Dragons, then Trumisaurus Saracens' next game is Clermont Verne away. So, and then they're back to Romanian domestic rugby. Which, oh. let's face it, we may lose it at that point.
1: But it's like the university trying to tell us something to stop trying.
2: It's <laughs> it almost like you know, trying to sort of measure futility in rugby is is a fool's errand. And we shouldn't bother.
1: Shall we finish, as we always finish on the shit good ratings?
2: Let's. Shall we start with shit?
1: Okay, because, let's do uh, that.
2: My first shit is Dominic Robertson McCoy, the uh, Connacht replacement, also
1: known prop. as Stampy McStamp. St- <laughs>
2: yes, should not be playing rugby again for quite a long time. I'm think like it was just horrible.
1: Here's like, a question for you. And yes. for our listeners out there, I'm interested in your views. Mm-hmm. When something is so quite clearly outside of the game, even though mm-hmm. it's in the game, mm-hmm. should there be some kind of resort to potential criminal charges? Well, it has
2: happened with... Uh, oh, what's-his-face? The One of the Quinels who...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, was got blinded, blinded in yeah. one eye, yeah. So now that there is something yeah. about, if you eye gouge, or if you, like, through no, you know, you king punch somebody out of nowhere for no reason, or you look at somebody, then stand on their head deliberately. Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff it's- goes on in rugby, which would be a criminal charge in the wider world, but in the context, it's not. Mm. But there are some things that even with the context should be actually... Should you not... Because in terms of a deterrent, if you're going to get... You know, getting banned for a few games is a pain in your ass, but it's not the end of the world. Getting arrested is a bit more of a fucking problem, isn't it?
2: Well, that was, that was the thing with the Gavin Quinnell thing, wasn't it? Because Gavin Quinnell's career was ended with that. And he was, you know, he just re-signed for the Scarlets. He was a professional rugby player, albeit playing in the premiership. And they arrested a player from the other team who had presumably done it. Um, But the CPS decided not to
1: press any charges. And that does seem like a little bit of a cop-out, you know? But even if they don't press charges, there is something about... You know, nobody wants to get arrested and spend some time in a fucking prison cell, do they? Christ, no. And 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 I don't know, maybe I'm... For me, it doesn't seem that unreasonable them to, you know, there's, there's video evidence of it. To go oh, actually, mate, that is just so far outside of what considered to be normal rugby contact that, actually, yeah. mate, we want a word with you.
2: Even if you get a fucking official caution or something like that, you or know, don't have, to, don't have to fucking Or send just have your prison. life
1: made fucking miserable because, actually, it's not like you've missed time to tackle. It's not like you've no. done, you know what I mean? That is malevolent, shithouse, yeah, country intent. Injure, yeah,
2: you just try to, you know, seriously injure uh, another human being, which... You know, as we often say, you know, anything, after things that go on on rugby field would get you arrested if you did them on a high street. But as you say, there are some things that are completely outside of the fucking.
1: Imagine if it was of, on a CCTV TV program.
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like on somebody tripped face.
1: over outside of a club in Bristol. Yeah. And somebody ran up and booted them in the head or jumped yeah. on their head. Yeah. That would be a serious fucking problem. One, because yeah. it's incredibly violent. And two, you can really, really, really hurt somebody.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, it's amazing that that guy, that Robertson McCoy, didn't do serious damage to Vanderflier. Let's you can be see How long his
1: ban is? It'll be. It will be a. It's incredibly obvious, isn't it? And it will, I don't know what mitigation he's going to come out with.
2: And he won't any um, nice, nice, biscuits. Never got in trouble before, so he'll instantly get his ban halved.
1: Be, but it won't be. It'll be a seri- at, the seri- at the serious end, as they say, isn't it? I'm not sure what violent ho- contract the end is. I should fucking hope so. Probably up to a year. Is it first time?
2: probably i think you up to 52 weeks isn't it so yeah i'll have to but,
1: i'm sorry i should know this but i don't
2: but yeah it's it's who knows you know rugby discipline is an absolute fucking lottery and who knows to be honest who knows what
1: but yes but it was absolutely shite and yeah shame and on you quite frankly
2: yeah um, we, we get sort of on our high horse about things that have no place in the game but shit like that fucking hell it doesn't have any place in the game let's be honest
1: what else have we got at shit Argentina's hands stroke line out stroke st- stroke scrum
2: that's that set piece man fucking hell like it's so weird to see an Argentina team that's so rubbish in the scrum and the line out like, how f- fuming Ledesma is. I was saying, as a grizzled old hooker like him, he's got
1: to be fucking spitting feathers <laughs> about this. Like, they couldn't even fucking do a line out. Because he whole... was really pissed off, because he was saying they weren't actually even playing that well. No, the All Blacks were
2: incredibly average by their standards on the weekend. It's just Argentina basically and Instead of them
1: beating that... us, we collapsed under a weight of our own shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is must be incredibly infuriating. I uh, I sympathise, but fuck it out, Yeah, it wasn't good, was
1: it? It was not good at all. Um, I did. I forgot it was on that late, so I actually stayed up until probably about 20 minutes into the second half, and I thought, I'm not fucking watching this anymore. <laughs> this is just getting... Because you hold on to a bit of hope for a while, don't you? you go, Oh, they're not playing that well. It just clicks for... So much stuff drives you mad with Argentina. When it's the lightest... Sanchez has spent the whole of this season in particular, the past six months, going through the line almost at will. Yeah. And no one ever goes with him. <laughs> no one goes with him ever. Yeah, no, it is it's just like, like, why aren't you just gambling like Chris Ashton would, just gamble into yeah. the space in front of him? Because you know he's what, probably going to get yeah. through.
2: Why are you not... Why is someone now at some point not on his shoulder? Yeah. Like...
1: He'd need to turn around and fucking Joe Montana it back to whoever his nearest player was once he got through the line.
2: <laughs> no, it's yeah. They are Argentina the most frustrating team to watch in the world? I think right. they might be.
1: They really are, mainly because you want so much better for them, isn't it? No, I'm not angry. I'm know, just disappointed. You know.
2: And you look at them and you go, you absolutely could be way, but way, way better than you are.
1: And weirdly, individually, you go, well, he's playing okay. And he's playing okay. So why is it all going so bad? Like, Befelli played pretty well. <laughs> Lavanini still looks like a monster when he's not... I mean, the lineup wasn't going great, but he's, he's amazing in the loose. I mean, people focus on his nastiness, but... I but mean, he is nasty, but... <laughs> and that yeah. Petty, that fucking... Was he the flanker? No, the other second row, Petty broke hmm. through. Speed on him when he went through the line yeah, and everything. And he, he was is. another one. He was nobody within fucking an entire postcode district of him when he broke, when he broke through.
2: I think maybe is that why they have to pick such ridiculous athletes because they know that nobody's going to come with them. So if they make a break, it doesn't <laughs> matter what position they're playing; they better have the fucking Being wheels. We picked to an entire team themselves. of four
1: hundred meter runners, so basically just keep <laughs> just keep going.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that was shit.
1: It was. Shit. However, I must say that uh, Marcelo Bosch was presenting, co presented with Sean Fitz. Oh Fitzgerald, yeah, uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick even, and. Um, Marcelo Bossi's mullet is a wonderful example of the genre. It, it really is. He's committed to it. Even it's the this fact that it's stage. so it's so well crimped. It's the fact yeah. that it's, obviously <laughs> he 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 has a very, very specific idea of yeah. what he wants it to look like. It's not like he's just he's let it grow and just likes a bit of party in the back. He's no, you know, he's he's a bit feathered at the front and then he's got this kind of like
2: Yeah. It's not like what you describe as sort of a you know, quite a few of the Kiwi players at the moment have got this sort of fucking...
1: 70s Hells Angels. 70s thing. Hells yeah.
2: Angels mullet. No, 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 no. His is properly feathered and lethal, isn't it? Yeah. It's like
1: Because it doesn't start cute. off on the crown of his head. It's actually no. cut like a normal haircut up to a but certain then, point.
2: But then there's a party going on right at the yeah. back there.
1: It's like a pelmet. <laughs> see what it is. Right.
2: So yes.
1: Yeah, so there you go. That was Argentina. Um yes. what else we've got, have we got? That shit. You got any more shit?
2: Cur- Curly Beale, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we'll lo- talked about it, but yeah.
2: Don't throw a blind miss two from underneath your own post with twenty six seconds on the clock. Like <laughs> it's a bad idea at any time to be honest. Like when you're in that position, no miss two. Just throw the pass to the man standing next to you and kick it away. <laughs> <laughs> but to do it literally from the kickoff, like is staggeringly thick. Like genuinely like I'm surprised. And I didn't think I was capable of being surprised by stupidity on the rugby field, but I was at that point. He probably
1: only just had a chance to put his fag out though, hadn't he, to be fair. He
2: probably had to be fair, yeah.
1: What else have I got a shit? Leicester versus Sale. Hateful. I was bimbling around a bit this weekend, so I didn't really... I, I saw bits of games. I saw like half hour here. So I thought... But on Sunday, I was like, right, got a bit of time now. Could watch a game. Yes. yes. What a game. You know, these two, that need to turn the season on. This could go, fuck me. It was like being yeah. given a concrete enema at a Coldplay concert. It was fucking <laughs> terrible.
3: <laughs>
2: to be honest, the, the Coldplay, the concrete enema probably would have been more eventful and exciting. Than I think I lot. tweeted at the wow.
1: time, all the technical quality of a bag of chimpanzees trying to do a thousand-piece <laughs> jigsaw.
2: <laughs> it's just... I mean, Leicester be very happy with winning a game, I'm sure. Especially after... Yeah, last... I'm
1: sure they won't give a shit what I think. <laughs> <laughs> However... <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't bode thucking. well for the rest of the season, was it?
2: It doesn't bode well for either team. Like, especially fucking Sale. Like... <laughs> I know they were the away team, and I know Sale are always a shambles on the road, but it's like, look at what you fucking got to put out on that team in terms of backline, in terms oh. of... and They're just fucking clueless
1: a lot of the time. And what's that red fucking shirt with the outline, blue outline of a shark all about? I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't it's know. Not,
2: it doesn't help. It's just Sale have consistently had awful shirts for most of the last 10 years.
1: Yeah, they don't they've wedded themselves to the shark thing, haven't they? And it just doesn't lend itself, does it? Because even remember in any given Sunday where they had the Miami Sharks as a team, even that was rubbish, wasn't it? But they just had a black shirt because they thought, oh we we won't mess with this too much.
2: Yeah. But that's the thing, like, if you're gonna go sharks, like just just don't lean into it that heavily,
1: you know? Just call yourself it. Nobody will mind if you don't have a shark anywhere on your kit. Nobody's gonna be that hard.
2: No. Just, you know, put it on your logo. That's fine.
1: But... What they need to do is, remember, like, the Jack, the um, Sunwolves first kit, we had the Mental Wolf watermark oh, shirt. see,
2: I'd be into that. A they should do that, but you not know, like,
1: you know, the great white bite when the teeth yes. come down and the black yeah. eyes. They should have that yeah. as, like, the watermark on the front of the kit.
2: Massively into that. Let's do that.
1: But You no. can have that one for free, whoever makes yeah. your kit. Who makes that?
2: Samurai. Oh. <laughs> see, that's part of the problem right there. <laughs> A...
1: Oh, dear me. Yes. Aren't they made somewhere like Grimsby, despite being called Samurai or something?
2: Uh, yes, Samurai are are made somewhere in... Well, they're, they're, I don't know if they're made, but they're certainly uh, designed in Longstraton, I think, somewhere
1: like that. I don't even know where that is. It sounds rubbish.
2: Uh, it's by Norfolk.
1: Yes, see? Which, Never trust I mean... a place with no hills, Josh. Can't be trusted. <laughs>
2: Fully on board with you that. You can't trust
1: honest. a place where you can see for 10 miles uninterrupted.
2: No, I don't, I, get, I genuinely get a little bit twitchy if I'm not surrounded on at least one side by hills.
1: My Big mate hills. lived in like the south in Stanford, near Stanford, Grantham actually. And all the <clears> country lanes around there, you could see for miles around them. I was, I'm used to for ones with like hedges and then hills out the side of them. You can't see a bloody thing. And you take your life in your own hands. Don't like it. Right now, what else have we got to shit? Uh, um, Graham Love gets in touch on Twitter. And he says, yes. "Shit, everything about Argentina's set pieces. Yes, almost everything about Australia's set pieces. Yeah. The clash between the two next week should be outstanding. Yeah, can't wait." Uh, and he said, "The way the Kiwi commentators pronounce pumas. How, how do they do that then? Pum-
2: pumas. Do they I, say pu- pumas? I think they say pumas. Don't get actually. Don't get me started on fucking commentators this weekend. Because honestly, like, I know I can't. I'm not blameless here." You know, we all remember the Ian Madigan fiasco, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not an official commentator for a, an official broadcast.
1: In your defence, you are Welsh, and well, Welsh I am always Welsh. has the accent, the stress in the middle of the word. Exactly. So if he was Welsh, Madigan, like Tradega, yes, would be right.
2: Indeed. However, fuck it, a lot of people have been talking about the Pro Fourteens Irish-based fucking commentary contingent over the last couple of weeks, like it shouldn't be beyond the realms to say Davis instead of Davies, really, should it? Like, it's Davis, it's a very common name everywhere. And don't even, like, if you don't know how to say Tipperwick, instead of mangling it for 80 minutes, maybe ask your co-commentator, especially if that co-commentator is Derwin Jones, who happens to be Justin Tipperwick's fucking agent. He's
1: everybody's agent in
2: Wales. (laughs) Of course he is, he's everyone's agent.
1: He's my agent.
2: yeah, well, he'd be my he be my my agent of choice, I'll be honest. With you. But it's not like a Pro 14 problem, to be honest. Like, ev- the pronunciation of fucking Polynesian and Maori names by pretty much everybody, and again, I am not blameless here. No. Is
1: I remember, like, the, I, I remember the I remember the debacle. Well, yeah. For me, that I, was I'm not you, me. But it's like
2: if you're like we're just fucking spods. We're trying our best. We.
1: Yeah, I'm not very really good at it. I'm if not you're given a like, piece of paper which is phonetically can tell me how to that, say it, things.
2: If you don't know how to spell, like it's quite ask your researcher
1: to check it out.
2: Yeah, it's it's not it's quite disrespectful to not bother. Like you can check, like you can probably get the fucking team manager or the media person to go. How would you like your name to be pronounced? Can you just fucking like say it in a voice message for me, and I'll practice. Like that shouldn't be that hard in 2018, but loads of fucking commentators just seem to not bother, and I do I find it a little bit disrespectful and I find it a bit annoying. But anyway,
1: made me laugh because he remembers when Arsene Wenger was appointed manager of Arsenal. He was so unknown that nobody knew Mm. how to pronounce his name, and when he was announced on the first news bulletin, they said um, because he's French, they went yes, yes, and Arsenal appointed the you know currently from uh, Grandpa's eight in Japan, Arsene Wenger. (laughs) <laughs> because they're the all yeah. his friends. That was that was how yeah, you yeah. say it. Because of course they, he's from Alsace and all that, so they forgot that he's got, basically got a German name, but uh, <laughs> surname. But yeah, Arsene Wanger. Wanger, Wanger, <laughs> It
2: works. Let's be honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, stop doing
1: that. Graymo said that good because he he sent shit and good together. When people send shit and good in one tweet, it it it, it makes copy and pasting difficult.
2: Yeah. So and you we, know, just, just so you know. Yeah. Try he and said. Specific.
1: He said good was Adam Hastings again. Yes. Where was he against the mighty Southern Kings, though? Did he play? Wow. Well,
2: yeah, he did. and he was shit, but oh well. Um, oh, no, he wasn't, actually, because they had... Rob. Did they have Rob Horn at Oh, 10? I think they did. They did. Oh, see, there therein lies the fucking problem, I think. Peter no, Horn. Was it Rob Horn or Peter yeah. Horn? It might have been Peter Horn. Uh, it He's not a Rob- 10, anyway. We learned He's, that. It wouldn't, Ro- it wouldn't have been Rob Horn, because he was an Australian, Australian. Yes. centre <laughs> who retired last season after a horrible injury. Of
1: course, um, yes. Yeah. Maybe um, that's, that would explain the poor performance. That <laughs> would fucking explain it, wouldn't it?
2: Poor one-armed drop Horn, fucking yeah. forced into playing 10 for Glasgow. Right, stop this that. now. Yeah, I feel like shit with that. Um,
1: Any more shits for you? We, no, I think we're done. Right, so we've got on Twitter then. Ali yes. McFarlane got in touch. He said, shit was the state of the Dragons' try-scorer after sliding on his face on the 4G pitch at Scottsdale. I'll
2: tell you what. That I'll be honest, what...
1: I got a lot of tweets about this saying how oh, shit 4G pitch I was like, hang on, what am I missing here? And then I went to look and I was like,
2: oh, right. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, don't throw yourself face first onto a, you no. know. A, We've you said this to...
1: many times. There's nothing wrong with putting a ball down one-handed.
2: No. And also, like, if he'd have done that to a, on a, you know, relatively dry grass pitch, would have exactly the same problem, to be honest. It would have taken quite a fair bit of his face off because just don't just don't lead with the face. That shouldn't I shouldn't have to say this, but apparently I do.
1: Witness, put in their new station in uh stadium in rugby league, put an mm. entirely kind of plastic pitch in there, mm-hmm. and then basically everyone got the most horrendous like fourth degree friction burns all over their limbs in the first game. Did. People putting sending pictures onto Twitter going, you know, I'm not soft, right. But Luca is there to my bloody leg.
2: <laughs> and that's why you've got to water those things like an absolute motherfucker, otherwise they will.
1: And throw and, and everyone knows from provincial leisure centres, throw 18 tonnes of sand on them that gets obviously, inside your shoes and everything. obviously. Yeah. What else have we got? The shit. Dan Mears got in touch. He said, shit, is Willis Halaholo been able to qualify for Wales? bracket because i don't agree with the qualification rule he says but then good is willis Halaholo being able to qualify for wales because on form he's playing very very well we all have a bit of that don't we we yeah. all have a bit I, of i know i don't, don't want to be that guys i don't i'm not be, i don't want to be zennifer but it would it's just it would be better it, it just feels better if you've grown your own doesn't it yes i've I got no effect, nothing wrong with people following the rules and i welcome them in and good for them but you'd still would rather grow your own wouldn't you
2: Yeah, I would rather Willis Hanaholo be playing for the land of his birth. However, I do not begrudge him coming to Wales. Absolutely
1: not. No, 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 no.
2: And also, yes, as a Welsh person, I'm quite looking forward to him playing 12 for us after the World Cup. And I quite wish that he was qualified before the World Cup, if I'm totally honest.
1: You could have him Um, and Lord Hadley of Parks and John Foxy Davis.
2: A man can dream. Um, But Yes, yeah, it's it's. it's
1: We've also got a few more shits to knock through. Uh, Grant Taylor says, shit is the fact that we already know he was going to be playing in the Gallagher Premiership Final and who Mm -hmm. was going to win it. Yes, Mm -hmm. agreed. Mike Davies said about the horrible stamp. He also said on Twitter that also shit was Kirby Longsdale Rugby Union's third result against Wigan Rugby Union Club. Sure. Mike, seriously, you had one job, which was to beat Wigan everybody's job in life should be to beat Wigan at everything that Wigan attempt to do and you've disappointed me. Everything that say, they attempt to do. This
2: is, this is a very niche northern specific injury. <laughs> not so. even
1: northern, a specific part of South Lancashire, basically, East Lancashire. Basically. <laughs> um, right, Mr Hyde gets in touch on Twitter. He says, shit, 4G pitches, yes, yeah, but not because of the face thing. Gives an unfair advantage to home teams and people do not play on them. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Salmon Skin Monk got into lunch <laughs> on Twitter. Fair enough. And said, sh- and said, shit, he's been a Leicester Tigers fan. Could be
2: worse. Could, could, be, it? A sales. could be a sail fan. It
1: could be a sail fan. The thing is, Sailor get a little bit used to it, though, aren't they? They, have, yeah, they that's they, they, They're acclimatised to this. <laughs> Whereas for Leicester, it's, it's it's heavy weather, isn't it? Yes. It's like sailing it's, into know, a storm for the first time.
2: Yeah, sailor, sailor sort of, you know, they're in their diving bell, but they're coming up slowly. They're kind of used to this. Lester are just shooting straight up, and the blood's, you know, there's blood bubbles everywhere. It's just not good. What have you got that's good? Uh, good, having just spoken about um, people not pronouncing Polynesian names properly. Um, Carl, is it two in a Cafe? The All Blacks prop, or Tuna Cafe? Bold fellow, massive tash. Yeah, bold fella, massive tash. Big Carl. Love him. As he's... Yeah, uh, we haven't really spoken. It. It's weird that we haven't spoken about him that much. It's
1: true, actually. We try to not what, talk fuck? about the All Blacks that much, which probably is a bit churlish and, and miserable, but, you know, meh.
2: Yeah, well, but uh, his story is pretty fucking remarkable. Like, he was like, we'd quit rugby and he was working as a security guard, but he was getting Oh, fat he
1: so fun. looks like a security guard. <laughs> Doesn't he? He was,
2: he was working doors in fucking nightclubs. Oh, of Auckland course night he clubs. was. Yeah, and, and then, but basically, he was becoming a right fat bastard and um so the doctor said you know you've got to do something with this so he's like oh fine fuck it i'll start playing rugby again and he ended up signing playing a bit for north arbor and then when the chiefs basically fucking had lost every prop that every loose head prop they had were just like all right well you then um and he signed
1: with the chiefs and three months later he was a fucking all black that's what's and, still marvelous about even professional rugby union isn't it particularly isn't it? with props because you Basically, you can be a bit fat and stuff. Yeah. If you're basically a good scrummager, incredibly strong and know what you're doing, you could literally go from, I'm on the doors, to I'm an All Black. <laughs> yeah. With it's a certain level man. of talent, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you don't I mean, have to be, you know, you don't have to be a, a ridiculously highly conditioned yep. athlete, do you? Spending your whole life doing it.
2: No, and you can see that like, he was the heaviest player to ever represent the All Blacks when he made his debut against France in June, which is a hell of a fucking... I uh, yeah what a title to have that is the great, heaviest ever all black um <laughs> but yeah you can see that you know a couple of months in the all blacks environment and he is already looking quite like uh, the weekend hansen called him an unpolished diamond and yeah you can see that like he's got a
1: fucking incredible talent in there how much more polishing do you need when you're already an all black
2: <laughs> well because now he's doing things like like he did a he had a lovely little try assist on against Argentina and he's showing some nice touches around the field and
1: it's like, oh, oh." Which New Zealand was it that threw that massive one-handed offload off the floor? Was that him on Saturday? I I think it might have
2: been actually, yeah.
1: He went over and just threw like a cat flap as he was going down.
2: Yeah, there we go. There we go. I think it was him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, that's what what they're doing is, is, right, okay, we've got this massive strong lad who's good at scrummaging. Now let's turn him into a bloody all-black. And have him doing fucking cat flap offloads and running around the park like a loon and it's like just he's 25. <laughs> he's you know yeah. he's had six six months of top flight rugby how That's... good is he going to be after a year or two years or five years Yes, just fucking hell new zealand rugby man
1: speaking of new zealand rugby specifically the front row we're well, good for me i've got cody taylor the yes. only magnificent in the set piece as part of that marmalising effort on the Australian pack. Very yes. good on attack, rapid, good hands. Yeah. Yeah. And also is invisible to the ref, it seems, in defence. Yes. And it's weird to think that he... Which is handy.
2: And, and Cody Taylor somehow enabled us, the All Blacks, to not miss Dane Coles.
1: Every time you think there's going to be a problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, how are they going to replace Dane, Dane Coles? Dane Coles is
1: going, what, are they replaced him with a guy who's called Cody with an IE? <laughs> Come on, yeah. he can't be any fucking good. Cody yeah. with an IE? Oh, shit. Whose neck is
2: literally <laughs> thicker than his entire head. Then he, came oh, against,
1: then he came out against Alliance and did that yeah. full pace, picking up off your toes on the wing, Joe. Yeah. I was like, fucking
2: Literally the second I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh,
1: was like, oh, oh. fuck's sake. There yes, we go. But yeah, very. he was very good. In fact, he's, a, he's a not the best at all. Bowden Barrett's hair looked very weird on Saturday. It looked like more like a helmet or a bonnet than his actual hair. I
2: occasionally think that Bowden Barrett has a bit of a Lego hair situation. Yeah, he
1: definitely does. He has that bit of Henry Slade going on, but a bit less sort of trendy young person style. He, yeah.
2: He's got what I call a sort of quintessentially New Zealand haircut. You know? It's a
1: similar it's haircut like... that you'd find in Powis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
2: It, it's, a farm, it's like a farming haircut. It is, yeah. I it's think like, it is, yeah. There's... It's like, okay, I'm a young man, I'm gonna put a bit of gel in it, I'm gonna spike it up a little bit. But fundamentally, this is a haircut that will not get caught in a threshing machine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's exactly the same as, you know, the Richie Racour haircut, it's the Dan Carter haircut, it's they don't yes. do you know, they don't yeah. do you know not Dan too concert.
1: high, not too tight. No, but just it's just high enough
2: and tight enough that to, there's, yeah. there's a bit of length so yeah. that your grand won't get annoyed. Yeah. But it's short enough that it's not going to cause you any problems.
1: Sam Kane and, was a horrendously cheating beast at the weekend in the best possible way. <laughs> the weekend, brilliant fucking sevens before seven performers at the weekend as well. He just keeps
2: doing that, doesn't he? Oh, he's
1: horrible. He's absolutely yeah. horrible in the best possible way. He's Can another we...
2: one that has the a, a quintessentially New Zealander yeah, haircut. Magnificent. As well.
1: Yeah, magnificent. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Never knowingly <laughs> over flamboyant in no. the barnet department.
2: Well, and that's what makes this current trend of New Zealand of all blacks and mullets a bit weird, you know? Because Kane was supposed to be... Ha- Kane was claiming to be growing a mullet at one point, I believe.
0: Hmm.
2: But, um, that seems to have just absolutely gone by the wayside. He's just gotten to a point where he's gone, this is silly.
1: <laughs> I'm not tolerating this anymore.
2: Yeah. And and he's just gone, nope. Uh, he, he seems to have had the whole thing shaved off at the back and, and more power to him.
1: What I other think. good have we got?
2: Ah. Uh, Fucking hell, yeah. Good. Speaking of all blacks, uh, Lima Swapuaga. Like, look, I don't want him teaching science anytime soon.
1: (laughs) Or politics, yeah.
2: Or politics or any of that stuff. But um, he's got a hell of a fucking boot on him, hasn't he? And he can get a backline going as well. Like, I mean, I'm also... Speaking of hair, actually, I'm—I mean, i I'm in awe of how immaculately sculpted his facial hair is as well.
1: I don't know how people have the time or the patience to do that.
2: Honestly, they must do, like the union.
1: he probably goes to some barber, doesn't he? Almost certainly yes,
2: but that guy must need to get like a protractor and shit out because like it's just so perfectly. Sculpted. George
1: Ford booted a kick fifty-four meters or something at the weekend. The world, the world's going cat, mad.
2: Yeah, cats lay down with dogs and all of that. <laughs> stuff. It's been a dogs
1: wild. and cats sleeping together. <laughs> it's yeah.
2: a weird fucking season, all right. Yeah.
1: Uh, what else have we got? that's good.
2: Uh, Jonathan Davis, twenty-five yes. minutes, right? Lot, you know, much delayed return. Was supposed to be back at the start of the season. Had a hamstring injury. Twenty-five minutes into his return, two tries and an assist. Yeah.
1: Lovely listener Lottie Evans also agreed with you on that. She said good and just simply put, Foxy. Lots of eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Wise yeah. even not eyes. I know it
2: was only the Kings. But, I mean... Yeah, but, you know, he's, you, he's
1: effectively just coming back for his ease and his way in, isn't he? Yeah,
2: and he's just gone, right, I'll just score a couple of tries. It's amazing how just... much
1: bigger and more powerful he looked than everybody else he was running <laughs> just, at, didn't he?
2: he? He looked like a grown-up playing against children. He looked, you like, he
1: looked like Clarence Beef Tank from <laughs> from, from <laughs> Breaking Madden. Yes, and, and it's weird
2: that he looks like that next to other professional rugby
1: players. Because he's not that big, is he? That's the odd thing. He's bigger than you think, with
0: with John Davis. By like Bowden Barrett. <laughs> yeah, I don't know
1: how
2: tall is John Davis. Let's
1: find out. He must be about six uh, foot, is he? Oh, he's
0: taller
1: than that. Oh, he's only six one. Well, he's pretty six, tall though. He's six one, but he's six, six one, one and half. like Professor rugby timber on him as well. You yeah, know I mean?
2: he's six one and, 16 and a half stone. Jesus,
1: that is fucking big. <laughs> I would never have put him down as being that big. That is fucking massive. That's like a nineteen ninety five blindside, isn't it? It's fucking enormous. <laughs>
2: You remember when Mike Phillips just basically kind of redrew what it was acceptable for a fucking scrum off to be in terms of size and weight? He sort of, yeah, because he was
1: built like a flanker. Yeah, oh, fuck that. He's so big. That's disgusting. He's so big. How could you move that quickly with how much balance being that big?
2: Yes. It's, speaking of Mike Phillips, actually, amazing anecdote from Warren Gatland that came in some fucking thing he was doing this week where... He related that they got onto a plane to go somewhere with Wales, and the uh, some of the squad were in first class and some of them were in premium economy. And uh, and the stewardess went up premium... Uh, so Are you economy class or first class? Sir? Oh, and yes, yes, love. I'm world class.
1: I have heard that one, yeah, Mike. <laughs> you know, okay. he would have said that as well. You know, anybody else you'd <laughs> have gone, that's the fucking. Oscars have didn't happen, but actually with him yeah. you, you know it did
2: one hundred percent happened, and i one hundred percent love him for it because yeah but yeah it's it's absurd that he is he's bigger than his brother who plays let's not forget who plays fucking open side flanker my his word. brother his brother's sixteen stone and a, an inch shorter
1: Any, any more nope. um
2: we mentioned him briefly earlier, but uh cheslin colby uh three tests into his international career, because um, he was playing sevens for fucking ages, mm. and he looks more like a 15s winger than Rumi Vakatawa does, let's be honest. He's not the biggest, he's not like... But he was up against Israel Folau on Saturday, and he thought, fucking hell, that's a mismatch, because mm. he's, what, five foot, he's five foot seven yeah, or something he's not like
1: very that? Yeah, he's Matthew Morgan-esque, isn't he? Yeah, and, and he absolutely stood
2: up to the challenge, and more than, you know... Comfortably with the better of the two. And it's weird. But it's it's weird that a player like that can make such a seamless switch over to from the sevens to the fifteens when it's not really supposed to be that easy. But here he is.
1: Uh right. Any more good? Um, I think that's me for good, actually. Right then. What do you got? It's good from Twitter. Tom Dare gets in touch. Hello. Hmm. He says good is in the Newcastle versus Wasps post match interview where they all sit around a table and chat with the coach which is weird but anyway Craig Doyle looking yes. terrified says I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to work out what your expression is Dai Young Dai Young <laughs> with a face like thunder replies I've just had to change my trousers <laughs> 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 oh. I love that man says Tom Dare and don't so, we all underneath great, it he? he's obviously quite a laugh isn't he
2: he's Underneath like, it all. He has got that in a similar way to like people like Adam like, I think it's a, a Welsh front rowers of the like 90s and 2000s <laughs> they've yes. all got a bit of a very 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 dry sense of humour and with Die, it so rarely comes out because people are terrified to no check whether he's joking or not but I think a lot of the times he probably is I think he probably appreciates that we've got a little theme team for him
1: I no, hope no, so yeah yeah. Although I'm not very happy that he's, he's got out of number ones for two weeks on the trot now.
2: I tell you what though, Wasps have got a lot better without him. Clearly. I've right,
1: been on number uh, ones. Yeah, he's tried. Yeah. He's, just...
2: <laughs> he's gone. You know what? I, it, it's, I'm clearly putting too much pressure on them with this shirt and tie combo. You know, I'll I just to I'll relax, go back chill out. Yeah. Yeah. They. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll show that I'm relaxed by wearing some sports casual. <laughs> and and maybe and and w- clearly it's working.
1: I will be the change I want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway. Off Twitter, Lexity Alex, Lexity Alex got in touch. She said, Good is Glossop Under 8s winning a trophy for displaying the best core values at a festival on Sunday. I wonder what that would be. Good for you. Good for yeah. them. Uh, yeah. Fraser McVean gets in touch. She said, Good was Finn Russell's filthy offload for Rassing's try on Sunday. He's clearly been binging on Carlos Spencer highlight videos on YouTube. And who doesn't do that? Unfortunately, I can't <laughs> that, then go out and must- do what Finn Russell does.
2: To be honest with you, I think the last thing that Finn Russell needs to be doing is binging on fucking Carlos Spencer highlight videos. I mean, watch some fucking Chris Patterson instead,
1: (laughs) you know? (laughs) Some Dan Carter, that's what I want. Uh, (laughs) Frank Ridgen got in touch on Twitter. He said, good was Alex Goode. Goode, Alex Goode. He was very good, wasn't he? Yeah. Very good. Um Everyone focuses on Cipriani's admission from the England squad, he says, but Goode has been the Form 15 in England for the past few seasons, especially when his competition is Mike Brown. I especially don't get it because he can cover 10. Yes, and 12, really. But Eddie Jones is basically just a mad liar, isn't he? He just lies yeah. all the time yes. about what, yeah. what he, he thinks just, about he people.
2: 100% like some sort of... Compulsory. He what he, he yeah. wants what he wants, and he will lie through his teeth about it. And to be honest,ly most professional rugby coaches are like that as well. Yeah. I would imagine. But yeah, yeah, Alex Good's continued absence from the England squad baffles me. Um, from, from a Wales fan point of view, I'm fucking delighted about it because I think he'd be really fucking
1: good in this England team. But um, he take pressure off four as an extra receiver, all that stuff. Yeah, I can't go through this again. It's too depressing. It is. Uh, Jerry Keaveny got in touch he said good with South Africa getting on some sort of roll yes we will see how that yes. continues uh, and John Simmons got in touch via Facebook for a shit good hello some people send me shit goods on like Saturday before I've put the tweet, tweet out and I'll be honest I'm telling you now I won't see them
0: <laughs> you know yeah, you, I'm sorry you, direct- I know
1: it's probably fresh in your mind but you have to wait until yeah. I put, and even then there's no guarantee because there's too many I don't have time so yeah unless
2: you're directly responding to the tweet
1: yeah you, got, you haven't got no. a chance I haven't got yeah. a chance. Unless it's so good, I can't ignore it. I will say that. Sure. Uh, John Simmons got in touch via Facebook and he said, good, well, he what he did, he said, this is good and he sent me a screenshot of the new Stad calendar for 2019. Oh. And the front cover of it, which is all we've got so far, features a lad with full angel wings grafted on, topless, obviously, oh, angel goodness. wings, full cherub hair, carrying a like Cupid Bow thing, riding uh, a golden lion? No. I mean, yes, (laughs) but no. Like, I know that
2: Stad have to do something weird with their calendars every year, and I know they've been doing it for so long now they've probably run out of ideas. You know, back in the day where they just used to get James Haskell to pose with a fucking rugby ball in front of his privates, that was so easy. Now.
1: Yeah, that was like Loaded magazine. They've gone artistic (laughs) now.
2: Yeah, they've jumped the shark a little bit there, I think.
1: And that brings us to the end with Josh's yes. venomous, disparaging uh, comments about the Stad calendar. Brings us to the <laughs> end of this very snappy 90 minute podcast.
2: Yes. Um, never let it be said that we are not incredibly fucking.
1: Well, insults. you know, where would you be without the fucking vegetable chat? Let's be honest. <laughs> so uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for your Patreons. And thank you. And I hope you enjoyed Jason Tovey. And we'll be back next week. With a special episode, won't we? Yes. If we don't get postponed by the special guest again.
2: Yes, but we'll see how that
1: goes. We'll see how that goes. We'll leave you with that one and we'll speak to you next week. Take care. Goodbye. Take care, everybody. Bye.
3: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, The amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved,
1: we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?